You are listening to Zero E Michigan with Carl Bloss and Larry Hudson. On this show, we try to explore and simplify what's happening with electric vehicles, energy generation, and zero emissions topics with a focus on our home state of Michigan. Together with our guests, we demystify topics related to driving electric in Michigan and how you can select, charge, maintain, and get the maximum value out of your EV. This podcast is sponsored by Consumers Energy and the Power My Drive program. Start your EV journey at consumersenergy.com slash EV. Welcome back to the Zero E Michigan podcast. I'm Carl Bloss, and my co-host is... Larry Hudson. And today, we don't have a guest, but we want to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart is helping new EV drivers. And the reason this came into my mind in the last week or so, I've encountered three or four new EV drivers, either at public stations or they contacted me and said, hey, we have a new EV and we're not sure about some of this stuff. And so some of them, I mean, the one lady literally pulled up uh, at a Tesla supercharger was a Nissan Leaf and was like pulling the cord, trying to plug it in. I was like, no, 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 we we need to have a little longer discussion. So, and and it, it, I mean, it's embarrassing and it's funny to us, but but really... You know, when you start talking about connectors and and networks and things like that, it's, I mean, really, she wasn't doing anything wrong. It's just she didn't get any instructions from the dealership. The other thing that we're seeing is at Tesla superchargers in particular, there are a lot of Uber drivers um, that just show up and they rented this car or the rental car drivers from, from Hertz. I think they're renting Model 3s and they're just showing up and they have no clue and they're not getting any instructions. So what I want to do in this podcast is maybe talk about some of those basics. Hopefully people like that will find their way here. Uh, but before I do that, uh, before we started recording, Larry shared with me his first experience with getting a Tesla from renting it from Turo. So uh, Larry, Larry, tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think, I think I might've ridden in a Tesla at one of our, uh, I, I've had a plug-in car since 2012. And I, I joined in 2010, I joined Kalamazoo Electric Vehicle. Uh, well, it wasn't called that. Back then, it was Green Earth, Michigan. And uh, Paul Pincello, who we just did a video with last week, he was on the board. And so then I got on the board with him. It just jumped right in. So that so I've been plugging in my Volt. Fast forward, they just released the Model Y. And I've been looking on Turo, and I wanted to rent a Tesla, but there was just Chicago, Detroit. So it was a whole day commitment, right? I had to drive three, four hours to get to one. Then all of a sudden, an hour away, there's a Model Y. I couldn't believe it. And so I quickly rented it. And then the following weekend was our our annual uh, get-together. Anyways, uh, so I that guy, it was an hour drive. And that guy said, I had a Volt, and he was looking to buy one for his daughter. So I put my Volt on Turo, drove the Volt up. He read it in my Volt. I read it as Tesla. And he had sticky notes in there. And my brain just doesn't absorb stuff real quick. So I was really glad they had the sticky notes. Well, the minute I'm driving down the road, window open, whoosh, they, all, they all blow away. But that gave me an idea. And at one, one time when I was younger, I was getting my pilot license. And they have like these laminated, you know. Um, Teach sheets. Or checklist. Yeah, cheat, checklist, cheat sheets. And then as a semi-driver, same thing. You get these laminated sheets that, you know, 
what what you need to run out and check your brakes, you know, uh, bulges on tires, uh, hydraulic lines, you know, that would cause the brakes or something to go or a tire to blow. Anyways. Well, so the whole you, point you is know, people don't know that. So, so they, yeah, it's yeah. helpful to have and, something like that. Right, right. And remember, so when I got in that Tesla, you know, it's the newest Model Y. I don't even think they've been out more than a month. And so I was so grateful. And anyways, I just, that's what I came up with. And I was imagining now in the semi, it's this big, you know, 12 by 10 sheet. And I thought maybe a, a, a long, thin 12 by 3 laminated and even maybe flipping, you know, so charging, charging etiquette. So like, like with this gal, the, the, the leaf right away, we could have charging and then you would, you know, I got a leaf and so we come and it would show leaves can charge here, here and here. However, you could get these adapters if it turns out, you know, and pretty soon, right by the end of the year, everybody will be able to go to a Tesla supercharger with the right adapters. I don't know about by end of the year, but you know, at some point in the future, I'm I'm going to say 2025. But some Teslas have that magic dock. Oh, I see what you're would, saying. Yes, the magic dock turns it into a J1772. Is that what? No, I'm CCS right? turns it into a CCS. Okay, which, which doesn't help leaf owners, by the way, because they're Chatamo. So I anyway, think, yeah, yeah. What so what I wanted to do is maybe get some of the the really big highlights of um base, basics for EV. So if if you just got an EV. It'll give you some ideas of where to start. So I wanted to kind of break it down. I'm looking off to the side here because I made some notes. Um, so really, it's all about range and charging, right? So because driving the vehicle is not that much different. You still have the the Perndl, right? P-R-N-D-L, park, reverse, neutral, drive, low. Um, that's still there. There's still an accelerator. There's still a brake. There's still a steering wheel. So from that aspect, really, there isn't that much different than an automatic vehicle. So range you know, it's all about the the range indicator and you're going to see battery percent, but people don't know what that means in terms of range. That's why EVs typically have some kind of an indicator in, in miles. Now, in the EV community, we lovingly call that the guessometer because it guesses your range based on your current driving habits. So I remember in the old days, my Nissan Leaf, the those things weren't particularly calibrated very well. So you would see you know, back in the day, 80 miles of range, you're like, oh, great, I'm going to hop up on the highway. Then two miles later, it says 60 miles. Like, wait a minute, what happened right. here? <laughs> right. So what happened is the vehicle said, oh, you're driving highway speeds. We know from our experience that driving on the highway due to wind resistance, you're not going to get the same range. So we're going to drop that down. Now, if somebody had banked on that 80 miles of range at the beginning, they're in for a rude surprise. Right. And I right. think that's what happened to this lady in the leaf uh, where she thought she was going to drive from, I think it was the Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp, somewhere out into the Grand Rapids area, hopped on the highway, and all of a sudden, boom, she didn't have the range that she thought she would, and so then was struggling to figure out public charging. So I would say leave yourself a 30 to 40 mile buffer if you can, and then watch that buffer as you drive. So for example, if your destination is 100 miles away, and your guessometer says 140 miles, okay, that's good. So now you're driving along, now you have 50 miles left. And if it still says 90 miles and it hasn't decreased, or it says 35, it's like, okay, I'm on track to make it. But if all of a sudden your guessometer says, I only have 60 miles of range and you got 50 miles to go, that means somehow you ate up that 30 mile buffer and 
that means you're probably going to overshoot and and run out of battery and you need to start looking for for a charger so that's typically what i do um I, any advice on that larry is that about what you well, do in terms of range real quick so behind you you conveniently put <laughs> perfect uh your dash of your bolts and you were telling me so that red bar is equivalent to five miles so that's five percent it's a percent yeah so for those that can't see it it's a bar that they show that shows the, the percent battery in in little bars and and then it has a mileage estimate and in my picture here the mileage estimate the miles already went away and they just put low which is super unhelpful Right. So now you're like, well, does that mean 10 miles or one mile? I have no clue. So it's just my experience. It said, okay, well, with 5%, I I know one mile per percent. So, okay, maybe I got five miles left. But sure enough, when I got to the charger, I only had 4% left, which was I was burning through that battery much faster than I originally thought. So in your conservative estimate, if you had a bolt, you would you wouldn't wait for that low light. That's cutting it too close. You that's would, cutting it too soon close. As soon yeah. as you're underneath this last white bar, that's around 25 miles, give or take. That's when you start looking for a charger, right? Yeah. I mean, call it quarter tank, something like that. Unfortunately, where I was, um, there was no DC fast charger um, that was along the way. I could have had a level two charger um, that I knew from PlugShare. But the one I was heading for, I kept looking at it. It's like, okay, I think I'm going to make it. And then it did keep dropping down. Um, had I really been worried, what I would have done is gotten off the highway and taken some back roads uh, because just slowing down a little bit can make a huge difference because of the wind resistance. Yeah. And again, since I had a bolt, I have the backup generator. And when I first, that first year I had it, so I've had one since 2012, 10 years, um, I, I would play that game, trying to like how, you know, and experimenting. How do I just stay on electric and not use the generator? And uh, eventually, but like you said, the gasometer, the bolt. Chevy's done a pretty good job, though. I think most people say about the gasometer being pretty close. Is that mm-hmm. your experience too, Carl? Um, I can't say much for the Volt. My daughter has one, but I haven't driven it very much. Um, I know, I know. In my case, I was going at highway speeds. Um, it says 73, actually the speed limit was 75 where I was. Um, so I did drop it down a little bit. Um, I, I guess I'm a little bit surprised how much it dropped. And what also happens sometimes is when the battery is at a low state of charge, the, the calibration isn't always particularly good. My, uh, 2016 zero DSR was particularly notorious for that. Anytime it got below 20%, all of a sudden it wasn't linear anymore. So, you know, I knew that I should probably charge so you know particularly when you first got a vehicle you want to give yourself extra buffer i think that that's that's maybe one of the messages and and if you're not in a tesla at least for the next year you can't count on the chargers all working so you might have to have option a option b and option c right yeah which is a which is a good segue so let's talk about public charging so one of the first things i always tell people do is get plug share so plugshare.com get the PlugShare app on your smartphone. It's free. Um, Then put your vehicle in it, create an account, put your vehicle in it. So it shows you the right connectors. So for example, if you put in a Kia Nero, it's not going to show you Tesla superchargers. You can filter those on and off if you want. If if you have an adapter for Tesla destination chargers, you can turn that filter back on. 
So that's a that's a great app to have. And then particularly here in Michigan, there are a couple of big charging networks. You're going to want to get the apps and also create an account. And because a lot of these are paid stations, you're going to have to tie a credit card to it. So the ones that I can think of are ChargePoint. So ChargePoint.com, uh, Electrify America. Um, actually, you can Google all these. Blink, Blink Charging, uh, Shell Recharge. And so the way the way to do this is, again, get this smartphone app, create an account, and then tie a credit card to it. And that way, when you get to a paid station, then you're not fumbling trying to install an app at the last minute. And in, in an app like PlugShare, it will show you typically what network that particular charger is on. And I know with ChargePoint, it was a $20 deposit. Some of these charging networks, they work kind of like a Starbucks account, if you will. So you maintain a balance, right? So you have to put an initial amount in, or another one is EasyPass if you're using the, that toll system. So you have a balance, and then you set it up so that when it drops below, your your dollar balance drops below a certain threshold. It just um, re- It hits your credit card for another 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever you set right, up. Right, right. Rather than I charging that, individual I, charges. Right. And I found that practical i was fine with that yeah so the only downside i know some people say well for example i have an ev go account and i think i put 10 or 20 bucks in there and i think i've only ever used it once or twice in the st louis area so i have this balance sitting there since forever and it's not doing me good so if you get enough of these you know you got a little bit of money tied up i think that's that's the only downside and then the other thing is uh and we did a video on this is uh get the rfid cards Sometimes they, yeah. they charge you five bucks, but you get this card in the mail. And that way, if your app isn't working or if you don't want to use your smartphone or uh, something like that, you've got the card. Um, I used my Shell Recharge card the other day on a charger that was off offline. And um, and then this morning, like three days later, I get a statement from, oh, you started charging. Oh, you got done charging. And so the RFID card will typically still work even when the station is is off network. I found the same thing with the charge point. Um, Kalamazoo had a lot of them. And then they went there because they were like 60 bucks a month. I know the college was complaining about, hey, we got 20, 10 or 20 of these things at 60 bucks a month. It's really cost us a lot of money and the charges aren't being used that much. And so the minute they were out of contract, they canceled that network. But you could still go up and use them. Right. Like then they would actually be free, but you still needed to activate with the card. You can. And the college never charged. The college never charged yeah. anyway. So they were, yeah. most of them are free anyways, everywhere I went. They're Kalamazoo. not all like that anymore, but it, yeah, it's to, to me, it's worth it to get the card, even if it costs yeah. you five yeah. bucks or something, because it can get you out of a pinch. And then road trips, uh, planning tools. Now, if you you have a Tesla, it's built into the navigation. You know, you, you put in your destination, it will tell you which superchargers to hit along the way. So it's it's pretty straightforward. Uh, the only thing we have to say is that those people that are renting Teslas often don't get access to the app. So you can only do what's on the screen. So you're not going to get some of those notifications, for example, when your car is done charging. Uh, if you're a Tesla owner, the app will tell you, oh, you have, you know, your, your car is almost done charging. You know, finish what you're doing and come back. You're going to get some idle fees. And then it will tell you, okay, you have enough to to make it to the next destination but it will still charging going up you know anyway you'll get some feedback from the app but if you if you're a renter 
uh, you're not going to get that. You're going to need to follow what's on the screen. And other vehicles don't have some of those same high quality planning tools built in. There are a couple of ways that I do it. Um, PlugShare has a trip planner. It's pretty manual. So you basically put in your starting point and your destination, and then you kind of look at it and say, well, which chargers along the way would work for me? And you say, well, I know my car has, I don't know, a 200 mile range. So I'm going to stop every 150 miles or something like that. Or for me personally, I need to stop more often. I need caffeine. I need a pit stop. I'm going to say right. every, every 100 miles or so. Um, and then, you know, you pick it that way. So it's very, very manual. Uh, the one that does the calculation for you is called a better route planner or ABRP. Uh, that's a free app uh, for the basic features. There are some paid features that you can get where, for example, it'll tie into your vehicle and you get live data, things like that. I've never paid for one. I've just used the app, the free one as a planning tool. Again, if you create an account online uh, on a on a web interface, a large web interface, and you create that, you log in with that same account onto the uh, smartphone app, whatever planning that you've done on the big screen will translate over to you when you, you can just pull it right up on your app and you have it there. That's cool. Now, Rivian bought that, right? That's my understanding. Yeah. But I mean, it's still so, available to anybody. I, I hope. Yeah. I was wondering, I think I've heard some discussion. What's their their plan but like you said it's a, a it's a i hear a lot of good stuff zach and jesse are always re, you know recommending yeah. it for all their road trips and they yeah one, one of the things that i like about it is it has um it's very customizable so you can put your particular vehicle in and it will take some boilerplate numbers in terms of efficiency uh but you can tweak that and that's one thing that i like to do now i worked in data regression so i understand a little bit about how this works for example, the first time you take a test road trip, you say, okay, let me plan this out for my 2022 Kia Nero. And it tells me I'm going to get to my destination with say 32%. And then, and then I'm going to, I'm going to actually get there and it's, oh, I get there with 40%. So the way I drive is actually more efficient than what the app says. So now I can tweak the, the efficiency in terms of miles per kilowatt hour a little bit, maybe try it again or try that calculation again and say, okay, now I'm going to wow, do the calculation. Cool. Now it's more dialed in with how you're actually going to use it. And a long trip, right? That could be, instead of having to stop 10 times, you can actually do it in eight. Right. Which, that, yeah. that would be helpful. Yeah. And then another one of the really neat features is you can select and deselect and actually give preference to different networks. So, for example, I have friends who were planning their first road trip to Cleveland with a Volkswagen ID4. And they get three years of Electrify America for free. So they preferentially wanted to put right, right. Electrify America stations. So I set that up for them. And basically, they can take the whole trip for free if they do it do it right. But I still showed them, like, here's how you add those back in. You can add EVgo back in. You can add ChargePoint back in, Blink, whatever. And then it shows you all these other charges. And so if you get in a pinch or you have an opportunity to opportunity charge, then you know, you can find those chargers as well. Uh, okay. Let's talk a little bit about home charging. Uh, on day one, remember that the car can be charged off of a regular 120 volt socket. And a lot of people forget that. They're like, well, how do I charge? I don't have charging at home yet. I'm going to need to run to a public charger. Well, chances are your vehicle did come with a charging cable. And uh, the last two vehicles that I've seen, which were a Ford Mustang Mach-E and that ID4 from friends of mine, they both had the 
dual voltage charger with the inlet adapter. In a zippered pouch, there was the charge cable. Uh, it's a little box with a short lead on the input and a long lead towards the car. And the, on the short lead, they actually had two adapters. One goes to 120 volt, and the other one is the NEMA 1450, which is the 50 amp RV plug. So one day when they get their uh, 50 amp circuit uh, installed in their house, right. they can use right. that one as well. But in the meantime, you know, put that 120 volt in, plug it into an outlet and trickle charge. You get three or four miles of range per hour. So 30, 40, 50 miles overnight, it's better than absolutely nothing. And, you know, charge while you can. And I think for most people, right? I know like with the Volt, GM's research said that most people don't drive more than 30, 40 miles a day. So that's the size of the battery. And it turns out to be in 10 years, that's the fact for me, that the 30, 40 mile range that I got on average was all I needed, right? The generator rarely kicks in and that covers 90% of my trips. Right, yeah. My daughter's first year with her Volt, uh, she went from August to November and never bought gas and got a frantic phone call from her saying, dad, I don't know how gas stations work. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, it's true for a lot of people. Obviously, it's use case. It's not true for everybody. All right. And then as far as get going the next step for home charging, I would say contact your utility. Now, I'm going to be a little bit biased because I work for Consumers Energy, but I think all utilities have some kind of program now uh, with rebates or off-peak charging, things like that. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt. It's typically free you know, to ask at least to say, you know, what are your programs? What can you do for me? Um, and in our case, we, we also can connect you with an electrician. Uh, we can get you a $500 rebate towards that installation. And, and then we have a program, the smart charging incentive, where you get 10 bucks a month for 12 months for charging off peak, because we want to establish that behavior of off peak charging. Uh, so I would say definitely start there. Uh, if you have an electrician or it's somebody that you trust, contact your electrician. By now, most of them know how this works. Uh, the Installation is nothing magic. It's it's a 240-volt, 50-amp circuit, very similar to an electric stove. Um, obviously, there's some different parameters. They have to put it in the garage. They have to maybe run some longer cable. It's possible it may need to go underground if you have a detached garage. So those kind of things, but an electrician can tell you and give you a quote, and then you can say, yeah, I want to do this, or no, I don't. Um, right, right. And I think in that case... Typically, you're running a welder out in your garage. You're running a compressor, a larger compressor, both running on 220, and the car will be the same. However, of late, it has shown that your average 220 NEMA 1440 outlet, like a welder, a compressor, a dryer, you know, is only really designed to run for 30 minutes at a time. And when you got a big car, like let's say the, the F-150 truck, or a Tesla P100D, and it's pulling, what, 40 amps for 10 hours straight, it is heating up the uh, the plugs. So you, you want to make sure you let your electrician order the higher quality plug, right? Yeah. It has a, what's that rating called? It has a, a duty cycle. Is that the one? There are plugs that are uh, rated for, yeah, for a higher duty cycle, meaning uh, you're going to be running longer and you know at, at a higher power level if you think about like a stove or a, a, like you said a welder you're going to use those for short periods of time you know ev charging is considered continuous use because it's typically over three hours 
And um, and what that means is right off the bat, you need to only run at 80% of the circuit capacity. So a 50 amp circuit, you can only run a 40 amp charger. But more and more, we are seeing you need at least a high quality outlet to plug into. Yes. Because otherwise, those uh, connections, they're just not designed for plugging, unplugging, and continuous charging, not charging. So you're heating up, you're cooling down. So, you know, expansion, contraction, you're going to lose some of those connections with the the pins and the wiring and things like that. So get a high quality yeah, yeah. So outlet. Just make sure exactly yeah. the outlet yeah. needs to be a higher quality. Yeah. Don't cheap out there. Don't, don't cheap out there because there was a guy with a Porsche and then he upgraded to the Lucid. So we mm-hmm. have uh, a buddy of ours that used to work at Tesla now works for Lucid. He said he went there and when he unplugged it, it, the, the, all that plastic around the little things were just, burned away and the guy was like yeah i smelt a little weird smell every now and then when i'd walk in the garage <laughs> and so that's scary to think right right and uh, and i know uh some people like uh, tom malachny on state of charge they're even recommending just go hardwired in other words do away with the plug altogether get an electrician to basically put together a junction box um that's an option too it's really not that much more expensive if you need to move uh then you know to unwire that is not hugely expensive good point good point larry had this idea of uh what can we do to make things better uh what about the laminated cheat sheet is that something we should be developing right right it makes me think about uh brian who came out at our last last tesla meetup he has a channel my tesla weekend what a great guy but at the end he's always saying what did i miss what did i forget please comment below right yeah and i think that's such a that's so true because you know you just yeah, we don't, don't we don't have it. all the answers. We can talk about it, but yeah, if somebody but has a we clever idea, we will start idea, working on doing that. So I think if you just have it handy, you know, just have on there, right. you know, right. download the PlugShare app, and you know, here's the here's the QR code to to go there. Um, there you, go. you know, yeah. here are the major networks in in Michigan. If it's for you know, this is our our zone of influence here. You know, get ChargePoint, get Electrify I, America. I guess I was thinking, so I was thinking for the Tesla, like the autopilot two clicks and uh yeah but that's already advanced you're not going to be stuck (laughs) if you don't know how autopilot works but if you can't charge the car then you could have a problem yeah but what i why i wanted it right on the dash because the guy had sticky notes and i was like oh perfect because again i have to use it three four times my brain gets it and then the sticky notes fall off and then i'm trying to stick them back on so let us know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll see you next time All right. Thanks, Carl. If you enjoyed or learned from this episode of Zero E Michigan, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Visit our YouTube channel for other related videos at youtube.com slash at the number zero E dash Michigan.